0: as long as you're very transparent about the efforts you're making, not trying to convince your consumers that you're changing the world uh, one product at a time, just being very, very authentic and sharing with them very tangible efforts that you're making, probably you will be rewarded by their fidelity.
1: This week, we are brought to you by Attest. Attest is a consumer research platform that enables brands to make customer understanding a competitive advantage with continuous insights. By combining unparalleled speed and data quality with on-demand research guidance, the platform makes it simple and fast to uncover opportunities with consumer data and grow without guesswork. Hello, and welcome to the shiny new object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And this is a weekly podcast where I speak to the industry's leaders about what they think is coming next in the world of marketing. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Charles Steinmiller, who is Senior Brand Manager, Tampax Europe at Procter & Gamble. So Charles, for anyone who doesn't know you, can you give the audience a bit of an overview of who you are and what you do?
0: Sure. Hi, Tom. Thanks for inviting. I'm French. I'm 29. And as you said, I work for Tempax. Quite uh, strange for a man to work on a female brand, but very happy to uh, design the strategy and the campaigns for for Europe, for this brand uh, across Europe. I joined especially uh, regional for me to, to work on Tempax, uh, since I've been a, a junior officer in my early career, I was in the navy, in the French navy. So I moved from a very masculine environment to a very feminine world, I would say. But love the the shock, love the change of environment. And uh, yeah, still early in my career, but uh, four years now in uh, in what we call fem care in in PNG. Did two years on uh, on always on the social impact of the brand globally, and now I'm working on. Uh, the on bread for for Europe.
1: There's a big gap, there's a big gap there. You're gonna to have to tell me how you got from being <laughs> in the navy to working on Always.
0: No no big surprise on working for PNG because I I studied in a business school. I got the chance to uh, go abroad U S Canada Brazil Korea worked a bit in Germany and Switzerland too. So I was really attracted. By this international environment, wanted to do my career in the in in a business industry, let's say. Um, so PNG was not the surprise; it's more the uh, the navy experience that is coming out of the blue. Um, but not so much of a surprise as well for the people who know me, because my dad was made, did his career in the navy. My uh, mom's uh, dad did it too, and I grew up in an environment where we were. I have six six siblings or seven kids so the military training at home was really here to make uh, the organization uh, smooth so a shower were two minutes and you had to follow this uh, these habits of being very well organized so military environment was also something i grew up in and i always was tempted to try one year in the navy so yeah, I went just after my degree. I joined the Navy for a year. They had this program where you can join as a volunteer. Really enjoyed it. And and then yes, I came
1: back to a, a career that was more what I was prepared for. So given where you are in your career, what, what advice would you give to a student who wants to follow in your footsteps or, or be successful?
0: Um my advice to probably young graduate. Uh, is is to keep exploring. I had the chance to to talk to a few students in a career fair. Uh, once I, I came back to my business school for for speeches or events, and I was telling them keep keep exploring when you are young, especially you you have time to specialize later if you want to. Uh, but having this constant mindset of being curious to discover new things is something really important, I would say. Uh, especially when you're just starting to explore the the world of possibilities of a of a career in in the business world.
1: And in your career, either at the navy or at and what is your top marketing tip? What's that kind of golden bit of advice you find yourself sharing most often?
0: Very early career, but still, I have one one tip that uh, struck my mind when I was uh, uh, when it was shared with me is somebody told me, "Be your consumer." Um, and this is a good reminder of consumer knowledge is really the key to understand how to shape a winning strategy. From understanding uh, that your brand is not at the center of the life of your consumer, uh, to also making sure that you're doing the job that you're expected to do. Ideally, you do it uh, the best, but you need to deliver on the basic uh, promises that your brand is, uh, is um, claiming uh, they, will, uh, they will answer. So being being your consumer or being in the shoes of your consumer is really a good tip for me. I
1: think putting the consumer knowledge at the center is is very helpful. So I can imagine there might be some specific challenges on the brand you work for now. How how do you put yourself in the mind of your consumer at Tompax? Yeah, good question.
0: Tricky indeed. I mean it depends on the market and this is the beauty of working at the European level. You have the challenges for British consumer for example where uh, the trend on uh, going out of uh, single use plastic is is big in France is more around safety. I come from France so being I'm being constantly reminded by my friends and Family, that we need to do something. Um, so yes, it's tricky, but that's what makes it exciting. And and the good thing, and this is the main reason why I joined PNG, is you have the ch- we have the chance to be in a big company that has uh, the possibility to do something that can be scaled. So whenever you do the, the smallest effort towards the environment, or especially in this area, and towards the environment. It's when you scale it to the global level of how the company is operating, you're really having a, a strong impact. So this is what I would be my objective by joining PNG is joining the joining the, the, the big name to, to change uh, to change to change it from within for a more positive future, let's say.
1: This episode of the shiny new object podcast is brought to you in partnership with MadFest. We're going to talk now about your shiny new object, which is the circular economy. So I have an understanding of what the circular economy is, but can you help the audience understand specifically what you see as the circular economy being and why that is your shiny new object and why you think it represents the future of marketing?
0: I'm just trying to define it very simply. It's trying to turn waste into um, the next Best thing to use, and not not changing our perspective on waste. We're, we're producing a lot, uh, and if we manage to turn this waste into new material that can be reused uh, indefinitely, this is this is the best thing we can do to try and reduce our impact on on the environment. I I'm, I told you I was in the navy. I got the chance to have my open space uh, being a, being an ocean, so I I, had, I could see it. Um, uh, I was at the, how do you say that, the first row of uh, seeing the impact of our activities on the environment. I did I had a port of call in, in Djibouti, in Africa, and you see that this, um, these topics are, um, are not especially top of mind for everyone, but are truly affecting everyone. And I started to meet um, a few companies that were working in that space, and I understood that this was the way to go because we're not going to, most likely not going to stop uh, consuming and producing. But if we manage to uh, shift the mindset into, hey, let's try, try and make it circular so that we reuse what we produce, that's probably the the best way to go. So this this is, I would say, my shiny new object. Um, and again, by joining... PNG that has the scale and the power to, to change things. It's,
1: the, it's my little contribution to, uh, to help change things in that area. So, we are fortunate to have a partner in Attest, who are the sponsor partner for this podcast, and they've conducted some research uh, for you on, on the topic. And there's a couple of interesting points to note. That From their survey, it said that 72% of women deem sustainability in care products as somewhat or very important. That seems to chime with your worldview. Were you surprised it was high as that or would you expect it to be even more positive?
0: I would say I expected it to be that high. I mean, it's not a surprise. This is where we need to focus our efforts. Um, and, and thanks again to to your partner at this for for this data it's very helpful especially another point that they mentioned was interesting to me is they said that re- recycled object was one of their was top of their list in what they deem important into how brain could be sustainable so it, for me it just confirms the need for our brands to uh, be very authentic transparent and share tangible effort that we are doing on uh, making our product a little bit more sustainable. I think circularity really talks to people. It's it's really clear what we're doing. When you're turning waste into new material that you're reusing, it's clear. It doesn't sound like greenwashing. And you're just making something that seems obvious and a lot of people would expect you to do. So that that was helpful data to have. Good, good reminder that this is still a top priority for most of our consumers and a good
1: encouragement as well for us to keep doing what we do. And yet just to clarify the, the data point that you mentioned, so the most important factors for women when buying care products are that the products are chemical free. And as you mentioned, the packaging is recyclable. And the least important factor is that the product is organic. So did that surprise you?
0: This last point, yes. It does, um, especially when put in perspective with uh, the French consumer. I, I remember this survey was done in the UK, so it reflects the uh, the thinking and the the, approach, the perspective of the UK consumer. But in France, it's the opposite. Organic is is the top priority for the consumers to find. So, being I mean, this is this just shows how complex it is for us. Uh, at the European level, to find a solution that fits uh, everyone, it's it's complex, and it's not happening. We're just launching different lines of products to ensure we answer the needs of uh, our different consumers. But our surprise is that the the UK, the British consumer, doesn't. Really care about organic product as much as uh, it being uh, more sustainable.
1: So, what's your advice to brands who or marketers that want to be part of the circular economy? They want their brand to be part of that journey and that narrative. What would your advice be to someone who wants to get into the into that world, into that space, into that economy, but works at a brand that isn't that way inclined at the moment? The the tricky part
0: is, and and so is the. The same challenge that we're facing is is the cost. It's it's very expensive today to, um, to to buy a material that are um, coming from the circular economy. So waste turn into uh, new material. Let's think about old plastic material. You change it, create new plastic paste, let's say, and and use it in your product. And today it's very expensive. And it's sad because this is what's blocking companies to make the the extra effort. So I would say my tip would be to join forces across the industry and to make the choice of a supplier that is actually using uh, recycled products, uh, recycled raw materials, uh, a priority. It will take a little bit of time, but if the majority of suppliers and the biggest the biggest sorry um, clients ask to be supplied by uh, more sustainable and uh, recycled materials uh, suppliers this will probably uh, change the situation
1: and so help me understand it better from a marketing perspective so if a large brands important brands influential brands start using influential, sorry, start using recycled elements of their products or their packaging. Once everyone starts doing it everyone has stopped marketing at that point it just becomes kind of hygiene right so is this unfortunately a bit of a short term win while well the early movers that become you know carbon neutral or carbon positive or you know fully recycled that they get that their pr advantage that it's it's literally a point of difference but if everyone comes on board with your vision then it won't be a point of difference and it'll just be a, you know a, a tick box
0: yeah you always have the the first mover advantage so my my, team for, my tip for marketing team on that point, on that front, is to be very authentic. Um, even though you're not, it's not a POD for you. As long as you're very transparent about the efforts you're making, not trying to convince your consumers that you're changing the world uh, one product at a time, just being very, very authentic and. Sharing with them very tangible efforts that you're making probably you will be rewarded by their fidelity uh, when they purchase you and and then I mean if if we come to a point where um, everybody is doing the same thing there will always be another uh, area to focus on or more efforts to be made so I'm convinced the, the the job is not done on on sustainability and and embracing circular economy today so um, I'll, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to to see when we reach that point. But um, but again, my tip is really being authentic, being transparent, showing uh, the efforts you're making, making it very tangible for the consumers to understand, and that way you will be rewarded with uh, with with their purchase.
1: And so, who do you look up to in the circular economy, in the brand space? Who who do you think? Oh, I've, I wish. Tamax is a bit more like them or I aspire to have some of their values or outputs
0: I have to admit I really like how Adidas did it uh, a few years ago already when they were saying oh we're going to create a shoe uh, running shoe made out of ocean plastic and and it's going to be 100% made out of ocean plastic so it's a double uh, it's 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 Killing two birds one stone, it, by by cleaning the ocean, you also create your new product, and it's shiny, and it's attractive, and you manage to sell it. So I was really admirative of their communication strategy, which was, again, very tangible what they were doing, still staying true to who they are. Um, this was the first start. And then I think they, they, they started selling a, a shoe that was fully recyclable as well. So this is a good example of embracing the
1: circular economy.
0: Create your shoes, you use it, then we destroy
1: it to create a new one. It reminds me of a, a campaign that uh, we covered on a, another show that I do called Advertisers Watching Ads, where I think it was Corona, and they ran a fishing competition, a plastic fishing competition for some fishermen in in South America sorry I can't remember quite where I hope i have got that right and and then they they paid them for you know the amount of plastic that they could then sell to a um, to a recycling plant so quite a like, lot I thought it was quite an quite an well not it's obviously quite the same thing but uh, it's it's an entertaining and sustainable and a great idea
0: yeah it's true it's true we, we have to brands and marketers will have the challenge of making this topic not taking it lightly, because it's not, uh, but making fun of it and showing that they are making efforts, but this effort don't sound like we're becoming, becoming too uh, pretentious about it. So we have to make it, we have to to be able to laugh about it, but by
1: by doing the right thing. And so what do you see the future of the circular economy being? What's going to make it? tip and what's really going to make this incredibly mainstream it sounds like to me from a brand perspective it's happening in places but what's going to make it work for most brands
0: maybe by ensuring it's part of the of the brand brand strategy Not, not having a separate function working on it but ensuring that it's integrated in the brand strategy in the brand building um and not working too much in silo. Uh, this is a lot about purchasing, technical team, PS, product supply, and 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 log- logistics. So once we make sure that this is this becomes the one of the strategic ob- objective of a brand, we probably have um, a, a stronger impact. I think this is what we should all up for: not working in silos, but joining forces to make it uh, a no-brainer that. This needs to be part of every brand uh,
1: strategy. So unfortunately, we are at the end of the podcast now. So if someone would like to reach out to you, talk to you about the circular economy or the other things we've talked about today, how would you like them to do that and where? I think via
0: LinkedIn is very easy. The way you did it, very uh, simple. And I like when people come to me with sharing a passion that we have in common. Or they just see something that we did or they're curious to know more about it. So um I will often answer positively to to request if the person starts being interested in talking to me, meeting me in person. So LinkedIn is a is a way, but nothing can replace a nice physical encounter, grabbing a coffee. Our drink. This is what I prefer the most.
1: (laughs) I think you're the first guest to ever say, buy me a drink. Fantastic. What a lovely way to finish it. Yeah, I learned a lot from that. So Charles, thank you so much for your time. And and thanks to Attest for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Thank you, Attest. And thanks, Tom. Great opportunity.
1: Hi, just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the shiny new object podcast on Apple podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, If you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.